This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor. Good morning. And I wonder if you know, <clears throat> folks, this is a little known fact, that that little intro there, the, the woman that's singing, actually is Charlie. Uh, <laughs> Not. <laughs> okay, well, I thought I'd start a little rumor there. All right, good. Didn't go very far, did no, it? No, that's, that's a good no. rumor. I can, I can work with that. Well, can you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. The well, really high-pitched, squeaky voice, yes. you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could do that. Not with a little touch of a cold. I've got a got. bit of a thing going on right yeah. now. Yes. Mm, stay away. <coughs> stay back off. Back I'm off, lady. To. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, good morning, folks. And here we are on a Saturday morning. And uh, gee, it's a pretty nice looking day out there, although it's cold. And it's going to get a lot colder. Yes. I've been uh, monitoring the weather network oh, and yeah. the farmer's almanac. <laughs> and, oh, well. And uh, there is some extreme, more of that polar stuff coming. Yeah, the polar vortex. Yeah. I love that. Never heard that before this winter. Well, they, yeah, they Polar people did really jump on that term, didn't did they? they ever? <laughs> but yes, well, it's been it has been certainly quite uh, quite nice the last few days, but certainly cool, really cool weather coming. So, absolutely. the one thing to keep in mind from a gardening perspective is yep. when snow falls, mm. because we had all that mild and we lost some of our snow and our ice. When it gets really, really cold, we want to make sure we have an insulating blanket of snow on all of our gardens if we can. So when you're shoveling your driveways and walkways and things, just remember, put that snow onto particularly, you know, we are more tender plants. Try to avoid piling up the evergreens, but certainly my roses, I pile the snow as high as I can on the roses and any of the shrubbery. It does. It's a little, it's a blanket. Well, there you go. Now, let me get the phone numbers out of the way because I see you're clutching a whole bunch of information. Paperwork. I know. It's it's like, uh, I I don't know. a lot of work there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm having trouble putting words together, so you better hold to those papers tightly. Okay, 416-360-0740. That's the uh, Toronto number to call. And then anywhere else in the province, hey, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Don't forget our mantra, call early, call often. One question per call, and please let us know if you're your first-time caller, because this is what will happen. Yeah, we'll welcome you with a little bell. You can get your yeah, wings. Wings. The garden wings. Okay, Charlie, what, what's all that stuff in front of you there? Okay, well, just wanted to uh, update you on a couple of things. Uh, mm. Remind you, of course, mark on your calendars, the weekend of February 8th and 9th is the big Southern Ontario Orchid Society presentation of the Orchid Show. 
Uh, the weekend before, on Saturday, February 1st, we are going to be joined by an orchid expert, oh, good. Terry yeah. Kennedy. So hold your orchid questions for that Saturday. And Terry will be with us to uh, banish the myths, give you tips and tricks, and ensure that everybody's having a good time with their orchids because she's a serious orchid person. Yeah, we had a lot of calls about orchids last week. Particularly. We often do. Yeah. And, and as Terry pointed out, there's a lot of questions about orchids, and, and she really should be answering them. Okay. <laughs> I think that was her nice yeah, way of you, saying. You, you, you kill them off, I know. I know. That really, uh, you know, I'm not the right person. So that's fine. <laughs> I, my feelings are not hurt. <laughs> Derry will be here to help us. And next week we will be joined by John Brooks. Those of you that are in the design, landscape design business at all, or know anything about um, uh, British mm-hmm. designers, John Brooks, very, very famous, uh, and he will be also joining us next week to talk about what he's doing in Toronto, because he will be doing some very, very cool stuff at Toronto Botanical Gardens the week after that. Uh, you can actually take a course with John Brooks, learning more about his design uh, principles. Mm-hmm. All right, another thing to put on your calendars, February the 12th, Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., the Burlington uh, Horticultural Society General Meeting meeting. Of course, at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street at Drury Lane. The topic that evening is the buffalo you don't know, which is, I I thought, well, that's pretty weird. But then I realized, ah, I know what that's about. It's presented by Rob Howard. He is the editor, uh, the garden editor at the Hamilton Spectator. And he's going to talk about uh, the garden tour in Buffalo, the oh, famous right, yeah. Buffalo Garden <clears throat> Tour. Which Yeah, it's pretty big too, isn't it's, it? It's yeah. the biggest one in North America. And wow. they have a big anniversary. I'm just trying to remember. I was just reading. Hmm. It's like their 25th or 40th Whatever, or something yeah. going on. This So, yes, very big tour. Lots going on there. And Rob's going to be presenting information about that. Uh, and then also, remember last week, we finished the show with Olga calling from North York with issues with her radicchio That's last right. summer. Yes, yes, yes. And I said, you know, no time to answer would would provide the answer now. So here's the answer. Um, Okay, radicchio. Radicchio is what's considered a cold season or a cool season crop. So this is a plant that does best in cool temperatures. As soon as we get into the heat of the summer, so even as, as little as 10 or more days of temperatures 75 degrees Fahrenheit or more, causes radicchio to flower, or it's called bolting when it bolts. So the whole plant just starts to elongate, no more leaves are formed, you get a flower, the leaves that are there become very bitter and inable. Ah. And I'm wondering, like I'm not positive if that was what Olga's issue was, but she did mention that the leaves did something very odd, uh, and she wondered what was going on. Now I'm wondering if that might be it. So the trick with radicchio, plant it very early in the spring, and harvest it in early July, or plant in uh, mid-August with the intention of having it grow through the, the fall and hope for a long fall, and you'll be, you know, hopefully uh, getting a good harvest in October, maybe early November. So that's the trick with Rodicchio. The other couple of tricks I learned was um, plant it in some shade. That will mm-hmm. help keep it cooler, right? Right. Instead of full hot sun in July, it just you know wipes out. Uh, so a little bit of shade, particularly afternoon shade, will prolong your harvest. Uh, mulching the surface of the soil again will cool the soil down and prolong the cool temperatures, keeping the plant from bolting. And that's exactly what you want to do. Water consistently, but do not water the foliage. There's a real tendency for the plant to rot if you're just watering right onto the plant. So keep the soil 
consistently moist. Give me that page, that research page you've done. Were I a teacher and you were my student, I would say A plus, <laughs> oh, A plus, A gold plus. Gold star for me. Yes, thank you. <laughs> if you were a teacher. I guess that's why you're not a teacher. Thank that, you. That's right. Okay. Well, you know, we better push along here. Okay. Uh, and before we do, mm. yes. uh, are you feeling, uh, now, even though you have a touch of a cold there, yes. do you have the uh, energy to do the exercises that I'm recommending uh, right now? Well, I have the energy, or actually maybe yeah. I don't have the energy, but I certainly feel like I could do it. All right. All right. Finger exercises. Oh, that I can do. <laughs> to two forefingers and do push-ups with your hands. All right. So that's it. the reason we're doing that's this hard right. energy, yeah, and it's not yeah. hurting at all, no. is because we've been taking Sierra Sil, <laughs> which helps when you have stiff joints. And certainly, uh-huh. uh, frankly, my wrists are getting stiffer the older I get, and Sierra Sil does seem to temper any of that stiffness and aches and pains. Uh, Sierra Sil is a completely natural mineral supplement. Uh, it, and there's some very good stuff on their website all about pets. People that have elderly pets who are getting, you know, mm-hmm. again, sore and having trouble climbing stairs, yeah, that sort hips, of thing. Hurting, hips. They have mean. little um, pet shoes. They have, uh, and really, there's some really yeah. good anecdotal stories, uh, letters written by dogs uh, saying what's going on and why they feel so much better. So it's a fun website to, to learn not only how it can help you, mm-hmm. but perhaps any of the pets in your life. SierraSill.ca or give them a call, one eight seven seven joint 14 Or you can pick up Sierra Sill at many of the health food stores, including Ambrosia Natural Foods. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. <laughs> <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, flocks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, welcoming news from Newtonville via Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning. Morning. Hello? Yes. Oh, and uh, you're a first-time caller, are you not? Yes. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) There we are. You got your wings. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Welcome to the show. (laughs) Yes, I have a variegated iris that's about five years old. Mm -hmm. And it's never bloomed. Mm. I was wondering what I could do to make it bloom. So has um, is it in a full sunny location? Yes. Okay, and it's in a well-drained soil? Yes. And um, it's yes. from the moment you first planted it, it never bloomed at all? No. And now it's probably quite dense with a lot of foliage when it all starts to grow? Yes, it's multiplied. And I, this last fall, I've divided it up and moved some somewhere else oh, okay. in case that would help. Yeah, because typically that's exactly what iris will do. It, it will start normally blooming, mm-hmm. and within two to three years, you'll have fewer and fewer blooms because the whole plant gets so dense and overgrown, mm-hmm. it stops flowering. And then you do exactly what you did, which is to lift some, pull it apart, provide some space, uh, and and get back into the flowering mode. So that's pretty odd. So it's never bloomed. Now, the, did you buy it or did, were you given this plant? Uh, I, I think I bought it. Hmm. I was going to say, was it bl- flowering when you got it? No, I don't think so. Hmm. I, I just bought it because I like the yeah. leaves. They're and I great. Thought, well, that'd yeah. be a little bit different in my iris bed. Uh-huh. And then it's done nothing. 
Yeah, I love the variegated iris for mm-hmm. just that. I mean, it's a very strong vertical uh, texture and, and um, accent in the garden. Mm-hmm. And variegated irises typically, like if, if they're in full sun, well-drained soil, uh, you know, for, you know, do you use any compost in the garden or? Uh, yes. Okay, and that's good because obviously you want to make sure you've got you know good levels of organic material. And the only other thing that comes to mind would be the depth that you've planted it. These the iris that you are growing is from a rhizome. Am I right? It's got like a big knobby root on it. Yes. And that knobby root should be almost right on the surface of the soil. Yes. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah, because that that will also um, impact the flowering. That if it plant if you plant too deep, you often won't get flowers. Right. Sounds to me like you're doing everything right. <laughs> you just got a bummer of a plant. Well, That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there are plants that are just bums. You know, oh. there's no real valid reason for it. Okay. What I would do is I keep like just keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep your eyes peeled in the neighborhood for anybody who has variegated iris. That blooms, so that you know, and you know when that would normally be. It's you typical, get in the night, sort of. Or, well, no, you could just knock on the door and just say, "Hello, I really like your iris. Can I have a piece?" <laughs> and uh, and then uh, bring it in and and show that you know crummy one what it's supposed to be doing, and maybe that'll force it. The other thing is you could threaten it because I find threatening works as oh, right. well. <laughs> Talk to it in the spring. Tell it this is it. This is its last chance. Uh, and also just that moving it around a bit might make a difference. You know, giving it a couple, try a couple. Of different locations but right. sometimes plants just you know for whatever reason don't do what they're supposed to do hmm. okay all right excellent thanks so much for your call i wish i could be more help <laughs> yeah me too <laughs> Gee, Alrighty, thanks. Well, a successful first time caller yeah. there my golly know. you thanks know she'll a lot, be Pat. lining up to call again yeah, exactly <laughs> well we hope so gosh now we're going to stay in town for this uh, next caller dorothy uh, is on the line good morning dorothy good morning morning uh, my question is about the uh, chrysanthemum plant that I received for Christmas. Mm-hmm. The trouble is the leaves, the red leaves, are turning sort of, looks like they're drying out. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how often I'm supposed to water this plant. Okay. I've been trying to water it every other day, and it, the leaves still look like they're they don't have enough water. Mm-hmm. The trick with watering any plant, but particularly a flowering plant like a mum, is do not water by the calendar. Instead, water by feeling the soil. So the, a mum plant that you, that you buy at the store blooming at this time of year is a florist mum. It's designed to beautify your home for a period sometimes for as long as a month or more, but it will not last forever. The flowers will eventually dry up, and at that point, typically you'll find that the plant usually dies. It's hard to keep them alive after they're finished flowering. But the watering, you will, ba- you will base it on the feel of the soil, just on the surface. When the surface of the soil starts to feel dry, you'll water with a little bit of water, a eh, quarter of a cup, kind of, maybe even a half a cup, but not that much water. And, uh, and you'll just always keep it, uh, you know, a little bit dry, a little bit of moisture, a little bit dry, a little bit of moisture. And you got it at Christmas, so you've had it for a few weeks now, and that's great. Uh, trim off anything that's brown and uh, crispy looking, which is with a pair of scissors, and enjoy, you know, what you've got going on there. There could be some buds that will still open in terms of flowers. But once the flowers are done, I would compost the plant. Um, I was going to say that uh, I've got more red petals, if you call them petals, than I have green leaves. 
and I water it. I take a wine bottle because I can fill, uh, not only fill it up with water, but I have a place to uh, pour it into the plant. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering, um, that's more than a quarter of a cup. Oh, yeah, don't do the whole wine bottle. And actually, I have a feeling, perhaps you're talking about poinsettia, not chrysanthemum. I didn't say chrysanthemum. Oh, I thought you did. My no. mistake. It was uh, uh, the Christmas plant. <coughs> right, right, right. It's a poinsettia. Okay, yeah, so th- that's great that you've got lots of red leaves, because you're right, those are red leaves, uh, and enjoy them, and no, you're absolutely right, but do not drown that plant, same as I said about a, a, um, a mum. Base your watering on the, sur- f- the feel of the soil, and when it feels a bit dry, then a quarter of your bottle of wine is as much water as you want to put on at any one time. Uh, water will go through the pot into the saucer below Pour the water out of the saucer after 5-10 minutes, if there's any still there, and keep that plant in a sunny, bright bright spot in your home. Um, yeah, a little, little bit of crispiness on the leaves, no big deal. Uh, often poinsettias will stay alive right through the spring and summer and, and be a nice plant outside in the summer. So don't overwater it in the meantime. And yeah, trim off anything that's crispy. I don't have any sun uh, where this plant is. No, I'm sure. by the fireplace. Okay. Well, it does need a little bit of light, so even artificial light is better than, than nothing. Oh, yeah, I got the artificial light from the, from the living room and the lights, yeah, yeah. but not actual sun. Yeah, that's fine. They do need a, a bright spot one way or the other, so right. artificial can work as well. Oh. All right, good luck with that, Dorothy. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay, thank you. And uh, that takes us to our next break here. I'll just give you a reminder of the phone numbers, 416-360-0740 for Toronto area callers. And anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740 to reach Charlie on The Garden Show from AM740. Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the old sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, you're Uh, saying... Yes. And our next question is one I think we've probably had before, and I was wondering if perhaps you'd like to answer it. It's oh. not no, lawns, and it's not nematodes. Oh, see, now I'm in big trouble. I know. You're the grub guy, right? Yeah, I'm the grub guy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, Grubby Frank. That's grub, what I've always said. Right? Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I so appreciate it. Uh, Janet in Bradford is yes. on the line to talk about an orchid, a phalaenopsis, as a matter Phalaenopsis. Yes, thank you for taking my call. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> I, I don't often get to listen to your program, but I enjoy it immensely. I have a phalaenopsis orchid that I bought myself last Valentine's, and it did really well, enjoyed it immensely. And mm-hmm. this summer I had it outside, and it didn't bloom, but it was nice and green. Mm-hmm. And then I brought it in, and... Uh, it's very sad. It's very weak, and it's lost a lot of its greenery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hanging in. What can I do to bring this back Spruce to life? it up, yeah. <sighs> well, okay, so it was nice. outside. was outside all summer in the shade, I assume. Yes, in okay, the good. shade. All right. And then when you brought it in, it was like August, September. Yes. And it looked good when it came in. Yes. And you put it into uh, eastern window or northern window. Where is it in the house? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I did all that. Okay, because it does need to be the Phalaenopsis or the moth orchids. They're the ones that are so popular right now. We yeah. just see them everywhere, uh, whether it's you know Costco or Loblaws or or a florist. There's a lot of Phalaenopsis out there. Um, now, I am not an orchid expert. I'm the first one to uh, admit it. But I'm proud to say that right now I have two growing in my house. One is putting out a big flower right now as we speak. First time in my life I've ever gotten an orchid to rebloom. And oh. my, I keep it north window, so it's bright but not super sunny because it doesn't need that. Um, the watering is a little tricky. I, I tend to ignore my plants, and they're lucky to get water once a month. Now, orchids will not survive on that little water. So I try about once a week just to feel the weight of the pot. And if the pot is feeling quite light, I give it a little bit of water. might be uh, equivalent to a quarter of a cup of water, maybe a tiny bit more. Just it'll drain out into the saucer below, let it sit 10 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. Every now and then I'll actually dunk the entire plant into a tub of water so that I really saturate the, the bark that it's growing in, but also really cause a lot of good humidity around the plant. Mm -hmm. The orchids love Generally speaking, love humidity. Mm -hmm. Our homes are just too dry. We've got to mm -hmm. keep them right. Uh, keep the orchids out of the drafts. No hot air drafts. No cold drafts. Nothing like that. Regular room temperature is fine. Uh, misting, if you you know, if you don't want to dunk the plant, and of course you wouldn't dunk every week uh, yeah. unless it was a super hot, dry house. You know, part yeah. of how we have to judge when and how much to water is based on the kind of temperatures in our homes and the kind of humidity we already have in our homes. That's a tough uh, call, though. Yeah, so yeah, this is looking like it's it it's struggling. Mm -hmm. It's struggling really. It's pathetic. But um what about plant food? Uh, should I Well, the plant food certainly will encourage uh now when the orchids are very much wanting to grow, uh will encourage growth. But a plant that's st under stress for whatever unknown reason, uh it, Food isn't always the best no. thing. Sometimes food causes more stress. If you felt the weight of the pot right now, would it feel quite heavy or quite light? No, it's very light. I, and I try to be very careful with the watering. I understand that. And yeah. I clean it off and I... Well, I wonder if it's time for you to just give it a nice proper dunk into a, into a tub of water, some, you know, yeah. room temperature water, preferably something that's been sitting for an hour or so. Um, I know my brother, who has just really good common sense when it comes to houseplants, he just does really good with orchids. And I asked him, like, How, what do you do to have your orchids look so amazing? And he pulled out a Ziploc bag. And he goes, once a week, I fill this Ziploc bag full of water, and I dunk my, or and I put, you know, two drops of fertilizer, and I dunk my orchids into the bag, let them sit till all the air bubbles come out, pull them out of the bag, let them drain, and put them back into my, my window. I was like, oh, my God, they look amazing. And They're it's in the pot still. Yep, yep. And, it, you know, it's, the, uh, it's putting that whole pot and, and all mm -hmm. underwater. Yeah. Uh, really fills all the air because uh, a lot of air does fill in amongst the bark, right? Mm -hmm. So it gives just a really thorough watering. And then, you, you, of course, you've got to let them drain. The, the orchid that I had before this, because this is my second time, uh, when I watered, I found there was mold growing around the bark. Moldy. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be too wet then. That's right. That's likely too and wet. Not able to dry out. That's no. right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Finally. And next week you have I, the uh, orchid expert on. It's not next week. It's the week after, oh, February first. Terry Kennedy. So definitely tune in that day and <laughs> get ready with the calendar. Get ready with your questions. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for your Thank call. Thank you. Thanks, Janet. Enjoy immensely. Bye bye. <laughs> okay. Bye. And uh, son of a gun, we got uh, another uh, first-time caller here, Charlie. George is his name from Dundas. Welcome to the show, George. Well, there thank you, you very much. <laughs> and I'm wondering whether road salt uh, harms or kills grass. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Road so, salt so. is really hard on plants. And grass as well. Grass being a plant, yeah. (laughs) So, well, many plants growing in very tight conditions. And so that's one of the reasons it's even harder on grass in a sense because grass is already under stress because they're so tightly packed in there. Throw a bunch of salt in the mix and all of a sudden the grass is is really hurting. So what are you going to do this spring in preparation? The minute you that you can get your hose hooked up and, you know, get water running through your hose, you are going to go to the areas on your property where road salt has, whether it's along the curb or along the sidewalk or along your driveway, and you're going to water like crazy. Even though the soil is going to be moist and it might even be raining that day, you're going to water anyway. And the reason you're going to do that is you're going to neutralize the salt. That's the only thing you can do. And it's the best thing you can do, actually. Uh, And do it early in the season. Because if you wait till July, the plants, all the grass will be dead. So you'll still need to neutralize the salt before you put down new grass seed or new sod. But you might as well do it earlier in the season. And that way, maybe some of your existing lawn will survive. Good. Okay. Good. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Good question, George. And welcome to the show. Thank you. you. All righty. It is the Garden Show from AM740 with Charlie Dobbin. If you care to send Charlie a little email, it goes this way. C dot Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Or follow me on Twitter and or at Charlie Dobbin. She is such a social butterfly. (laughs) Follow me on Twitter. But Mm. of course, I, I, I have lots of good tips on my Twitter feed. Do you? Yes, I do. Well, I must do. I must. Uh, I must <laughs> figure out how to do that. Yes, yes. You, you know what? Get yeah. your granddaughter to help you. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's no kidding. Uh, absolutely, yeah. that's what yeah. they're for, right? Well, that's why we have those kids. Teenagers, they're the best. I, I got to tell you the cutest story. My six-year-old granddaughter. Mm. Uh, I was Quinn. thinking your older one, but carry yes. on. No, no, yeah. the six-year-old. Uh, They're going to watch a movie, mm. and uh, Kelly. Said uh, now, uh, Quinn. There might be some bad words in this. Uh, you okay with that? You know, she said, "Dad, <coughs> look, I've got a cop for a father, and a mom who is an actress. I know bad words." <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a broadcaster for a grandfather. Yeah, well, there you are. Yeah, yes, I know bad words. <laughs> I know bad words. Well, Wanda, no bad words from Scarborough. I hope. Anyway, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hello, Wanda. and Frank. Your huh. program is so informative, and it's fun. Oh, great. Thank oh, you. Great. In my north-facing bay window, I was growing two uh, Christmas cacti and a rosemary. Mm-hmm. Now, the cacti did not bloom. This is the first time in, oh, maybe 12 years or more. Mm. There is a little bit of red showing in the larger one. Do you think there's hope that they're going to bloom this year? Uh, they might. I mean, the trick with Christmas cactus is, and, and they will bloom 
at non-Christmas. We know that. Uh, what they need is cool temperatures and bright sun and no water. So we've had oh, a well, nice... they did get the cool temperatures. I was going to say nice... Especially when we were going through the ice storm. That's right, that cold winter we've had. And was your power out for a number of days? Yes, for four days. Oh, perfect. So they definitely got a nice little chilliness going on there. So your north window, of course, do you have a south or a west window that the Christmas cactus could go in? No, they've always been there and they've done well because they do get a little bit of the sun from the east in the morning. Okay, good. And a wee bit at night from the west. All right. So they've always bloomed well. So the trick is um, only water when really dry. So feel that soil that's got to be like concrete before you're going to water. Oh, maybe I've overwatered. Right. So let the plant dry right down between waterings. And then when you do water, water thoroughly. Uh, so that's all fine. And I think you'll find it's going to, a bunch of uh, little buds are going to start showing up in the next 10 days to two weeks because uh-huh. of that cold snap you had in your house. That's ex- that's what they need. Eh? They need that coolness. So has about uh, two inches of greenery and the rest is just drying out. Mm. The rosemaries are tough, I find. Uh, you know, they start out great. Uh, we get them at Christmas time. They smell great. They look great. But I find that if you if you raise the humidity by misting, etc., you get white mildew all over them. Uh-huh. And if you don't raise the humidity and you don't miss them, then they all turn brown and crispy right before your very eyes. So it's a very fine line, I find, with the rosemary. I think um, just... What you want to do is you want to think about Greece. You want to pretend you're in Greece when you're growing rosemary because those are the conditions, uh-huh. right? Sunny, right. hot, somewhat dry. Think Adriatic Sea, you know, breezes, and, and just, yeah, try and, and channel Greece to make those, the rosemary survive. Otherwise, compost. Because really. I did put it in front of the um, uh, patio doors to try to give it a little bit of sun, which faces south. Yeah. That's but good. What should I do with it now? Is I keep, there any hope for it? Well, keep it, it in the sun. Well, or? if it's showing green, well, for now, I wouldn't cut anything back. Unless, like where you've, it's green on the outside edges and crispy on the inside, I would think. Yeah. Right. So give it another couple of weeks. Keep it in the patio doors, the brightest spot. Monitor it. If you're seeing actual growth, like the green tips are actually expanding and growing and extending out, then yes, yes, in the next two to three weeks, shear it a little bit. Just a nice light shearing to the whole plant will encourage more growth and more bushy growth. And the watering, I'm just not sure what to do about that. Keep keep on that soil. You want it to be... um, you want it to, again, dry out between waterings, but not the way we dry out the Christmas cactus. You don't want it that dry. So you want to allow it to get to the dry side and then water. And we are getting now, the days are getting longer. Have you noticed? Mm-hmm. Yes. Five o'clock at night, the sun is still yeah. up, and it was pitch black a month ago at five. So we, the, the, yeah, exactly. The plants know it. So mm-hmm. it's time to uh dust off the fertilizer and start thinking about all these different plants that are starting to respond to the longer the longer days need to be supported in that with some fertilizer. So I should fertilize it a bit. You could. I wouldn't do it yet. I'd wait till February, mid-February, and then okay. absolutely yes. Oh, thank you so much. All right. You're very, very welcome. Appreciate that.
Thank you for uh, giving us a call, Wanda. And we uh, are up to our next break here, but uh, coming up next is another first-time caller. My gosh, oh, unbelievable. Okay, But meantime, meantime, we have a few uh, words from our friendly sponsors, and we shall return to get the wisdom and the sageness <laughs> of uh, Charlie Dobbins' great thoughts. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, oh, yes, and, and warm tones. <clears throat> dulcet, they call that. Dulcet, that's it, yes. <laughs> the dulcet tones will return after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And it's time for the old souk chef of the garden to haul out the bell and give it a ring here for Ruth in Wiltonville. Hey, uh, where is Wiltonville? South of Brantford. Uh, South of Brantford. Welcome to the show, Ruth. Thank you. Okay. Um, I have a problem with my vegetable garden. Um, all the onions and radishes are strong when they're ready to eat instead of mild. Oh, I have put in all kinds of different types of radishes and different types of onions, and every year they come out strong taste. Huh. Um, I think it, that is because of inconsistent watering. Okay. Yeah, you want to stay on top of the water, like, like keep them consistently moist, mm-hmm. and of course harvest those radishes when they're on the small side. Yeah, I've done that and yeah. they're hot. Because <laughs> when they get bigger, they get woody and they tend to get more bitter. Yeah. Uh, now, of course, onions, depending on whether you're growing them as little green onions or growing them up into you know bigger sort of cooking onions, uh, they, they do, again, get stronger as they get older. Uh, yeah, I I grow both kinds. I put in sweet Spanish, I put in sweet white and cooking, and I put in the red ones, and they all come out hot. Wow. <laughs> so I just wonder if there's something lacking in the soil that I should be adding to the soil, but not watering? That, not that I know of. Uh, you know, it's a good question, though. Um, generally, do you make your own compost? Do you uh, yes. amend? Good. Yes, we have our own compost. Okay, good. And it... If in doubt, you can always do a home soil test just mm-hmm. to make sure your pH is balanced where you want it, you know, just above neutral um, or just sorry, just below neutral, 6.7, 6.8 uh, is your perfect kind of pH. So you can do sort of a simple uh, soil test, which is never a bad idea because you don't want to just randomly start adding things to your soil without knowing that it's really a required uh, nutrient. Mm-hmm. You can do an even fancier soil test through one of the soil testing laboratories. Uh, if you're really concerned, but um, but yeah, I would I would be inclined to think of as water as being the, yeah, the culprit. Everything, all my other vegetables are fine. Yeah, like yeah. I have a very large vegetable garden. garden. Yeah, huh. fifty by fifty. Wow, that is large. And oh, everything else is fine. It's just the onions and radishes. Radishes. <laughs> I I will. Um, I'm scribbling a note to myself here. If I learn anything more on what might be causing that, I will report next week. But that because okay. that is an interesting question. I'll make sure we listen. <laughs> All right. Very good. That's good stuff. Thanks for your forced, call. Forced tuning. Way to go, Charlie. I know. Okay. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> forced tuning. I'm going to do what I can to make sure the numbers are always uh, rising for this show. Yes, you betcha. <laughs> be out there walking the streets. <laughs> Tune in to AM740. As if you don't already. Well, pardon uh, me. Uh, <laughs> got to do what bottle. you got to do. <laughs> Earn a living. Uh, oh, hey, we got a, a call from one of our regular folks way up there in White River, where I understand it's 30 below. Uh, Rick, is that true? Uh, 
Well, I bet you it's colder than 30 below because that's off the Weather Channel. Oh, yeah, I oh, bet it is, too. Probably about 35, and we don't have a wind up yet. <laughs> oh, man. Good anyway, morning, I, Rick. Good morning to you both. <laughs> um, I have, it might be a crazy question, but I have flowers outside like petunias, and I have some tomato, uh, cherry tomatoes and some yeah, yellow plum tomatoes I didn't pick out of the greenhouse. Now, my question is, they have seeds in them. Could, would, if I took and dry those seeds out and germinate them, would they grow? Yes, they probably grow, but they would not grow and be the plant that they were. No, but I would get harvest. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Tip, it depends what you what you grew originally. So, for example, the cherry tomatoes. Well, if that's part of... Uh, they're probably sweet 100s. And- yeah, so for example, if they are sweet 100s, that's a named cultivar. You grow a seed from a sweet 100, yeah. your chances of having another sweet 100 grow from that seed is 25% or one in four. So go spend some money. Correct. Because <laughs> you can put a lot of energy into growing yeah. little green plants that are tomatoes, there's no question, but will they actually get harvestable fruit? You don't know until it's too late. Would the same be true for petunias? It would. Um, the the uh, Again, you'll have a petunia plant grow. Yeah. Will it get flowers that you like, and will they be strong, and will they be vigorous? Mm-hmm. Again, because uh, so many of these cultivars are selected for just that, for big, fat, juicy flowers and, you know, strong stems. Uh, and not all of them are hybrid-based, but by far the vast majority are. And it's the hybridization that affects the genetics, which means that you they do not breed true from seed. So you're always better to buy more seed yeah. or grow what are called open-pollinated varieties so that you can collect seed at the, at the end of every season. Yeah, well, where would you find that out? Sure oh, on the package, would it? Um, no, you can buy seeds. Yeah, of course. You can buy seeds packaged yeah. that are very clearly not hybrids. And they will say very, like, brandywine tomato comes to mind. Like, that is a non-hybrid tomato. Mm. So you can save the seeds of a brandywine and grow more brandywines. Yeah. Uh, and so there are many, um, and, and there's, if you Google seedy Saturday or seedy Sunday or seed swaps, mm. you'll find there's a lot of seed swapping going on right now amongst collectors and uh, the collectors are the people that do collect the seeds of the plants that do breed true and so for for heritage varieties and unusual varieties that's the way to go and you can easily get online do some uh, get people to mail you seeds well i looked in the farmer's almanac there's tons of seed suppliers are there there are there are for sure there's lots of them out there just one other little thing you know i i we have people talking about your orchids you know i had 10 beautiful orchids and i ended up in the hospital for like well, it's supposed to be a day of surgery, but it ended up 18 days. Mm. I came home, and all my orchids, well, within the next month or so, died. Mm. And it was primarily because of the temperature in the room and the draft off the window. Right. Cool. And I asked you about the high, uh, hibiscus. Uh-huh. The same thing. I moved them away from the windows, and they just started to come back to oh, life. Oh, good. Yeah. 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 Hey, thanks for all the good radio information and hey. gardening stuff, eh? Our pleasure. You guys are special. Thanks for calling us. We'd love to hear from you. God bless. Take Absolutely. Care. Send money. Eight. <laughs> Give me a bell ring if you want. Okay. Uh, oh, look at there we go. One more time. More yeah, wins. Yeah, you got it. Uh, have a good day. Stay warm, Rick. Yeah, God bless. Take Thank care. Thank you. Thanks again. All righty. <laughs> we, uh, actually, we should take a little bit of a break right here. Should we? We okay. should. Yes, because okay. I want to get all primed up for our next caller, Vivian, hmm. who uh, is, uh, 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 wait a minute. No, uh, it will be Julia, I do believe. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. We're all confused. Uh, well, well, we've got a first-time caller coming up very shortly after these words on The Garden Show.
Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. That is not me. I think that's you. <laughs> You're throwing little daisies yeah, off wherever I, as that, you are. As that little jingle is playing, I'm pretending that I'm throwing at the petals, you mm. know, the rose petals. Yeah, it's very good. Doing a little dance. Mm. Hmm. Julia, <laughs> good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Morning. Um, I just have a comment about how I look after orchids. Okay. Love it. Um, I have a few that I've had for quite a few years, and they sit in my north window, so they get very little sun, mm-hmm. and in the winter they get none at all. It's, they just get the light from the window. Yep. Um, I, when they bloom, they bloom like usually from February till July, August, right. when they do go. Now, what I do is about every three weeks, or maybe even longer, that's when I water them. Uh-huh. And I, I put the, I, uh, they're in like a little ceramic pot, but they're inside their sort of orchid pot. Yep. So I take the orchid pot, and I put the whole pot, and I dunk the whole thing in water. And when it's not flowering, I put a little bit of fertilizer in the water, and I just let the pot sit there for about 10, 15 minutes Mm -hmm. so that all the the bark and everything, everything gets uh, water absorbed in it. And then I just let it drain, and then I put it back in its little ceramic pot. And every so often, I'll wipe the... um, the leaves down just yeah. with uh, like a little soapy water and <laughs> keep the dust off yeah, yeah and just water the top and the bottom of the leaves yeah, and, and keep uh, it shiny and i find that they um every year i get like i'm looking at them now and they've got little stalks coming out ready to yeah, uh it's the right time perfect ready for february well, there you go. So you see, that's that dunking thing I was talking about. Yeah, you got to kind of let, and that's what I actually, that's what I do with all my plants now, yeah. is all my plants, because I have uh, also the cactuses, the Christmas cactus, somebody else was talking uh-huh. about them. Yeah. I let them go rock hard, yeah. and then what I do is, um, because they're in another pot that I really can't take them out of, they're mm-hmm. in like a, a solid sort of a pot, what I do is I put them on a little tray, and I just keep pouring water into them and I let the water drain out and I just keep pouring putting more water in it and I kind of re-pour the water back in again yeah go around a cycle but I just let it like so it gets totally soaked and I also will fertilize my cactuses Mm -hmm. when they're not in flower and I and they bloom twice a year for me right yeah so it's a like a serious saturation when you are watering but it's a real drying down in between yes which is completely bone 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 dry both the orchid and the um the cactus yeah yeah oh good stuff but the cactus I probably water every maybe six weeks Right. Like yeah, of course. A lot longer yeah. than I would. Um, the orchids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Good. Good information, Julia. Thanks I hope for that. Help somebody. <laughs> I know. And like I said, we are going to have Terry Kennedy here in two weeks, so she's going to also be giving us tips and tricks. But the, yeah. what you've just said there is really good. I hope everybody out there who's struggling with orchids just listen to you. And I find like the, you need the north window, like because they don't yeah. like the sun. They don't like to be in the sunshine. And these are Phalaenopsis or moth orchids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just absolutely the one you get in the stores. That's you know, right. the, the regular ones. Yes. Yep. North windows best because they like that indirect, they're br- bright but no direct sun. Yes, yeah. and it, like in the summer they'll get a tiny bit of sun, but it's like l- very late in the day. Yeah, and but in the winter they get nothing. Right, they just get the the, the light from the window. Yeah, exactly. And it's a cool like my house is cool. It's not 
Like mm-hmm. at night, I'm down to 16 yeah, well, in the okay. house. So, yeah. you know, and they're near a window, so they're cool. And so they're, you know, it's not even a hot house. And they're coping just fine. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for that, Julia. I appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs> All okay. Right. Take care. Good. I love it. It's great to have callers. Yeah. Giving you some information. Yeah, well, like what yeah. works for them. Because, yep. you know, that like Julia's just come up with some really good techniques that are clearly working for her. So, Now, I'm looking at the monitor here. Yes. And I, I discern <laughs> from the message that I'm getting about our next caller, who, yes. by the way, is a first-time caller, mm-hmm. that at some point in her description of, of what's happening at her place... I will be singing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> no. Is that because you're uh, feeling angelic or something? Well, it could well be. <laughs> Let's find out why I think that. Uh, Vivian, welcome to the show. Good and, uh, morning. I love this show. <laughs> oh, thank you. And there's your bell. Your well, wings. You got your yes. wings. All righty. Now, why would I be saying Welcome, hallelujah? Vivian. Yes. Thank you. Well, I had bought some branches just before Christmas, mm-hmm. and I put them in the water, and it rooted. I know, I'm so excited. Hallelujah. 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 So what kind of branches are they? I have no idea. They're sort of like a spindly needle. Deep forest green color. It's beautiful. Oh, neat. So they're probably some kind like they were boughs to boughs. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they could be a pine or a spruce or a fir. Or no, something. it isn't spruce or no. pine. I have no, no idea what it is, but uh. the spruce and pine I'm familiar with. So you've got roots. Yes. And now you're going to have plants. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's great. That is great. Now, you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, well, you could send us a picture. Yeah, then we know, can that, determine exactly what it is. Yeah, sure. once you get a few leaves on there. Well, uh, how, how big How big is, uh, are the well, sticks? The branch is probably about 12 inches. Yeah. Ah, cool. So, yeah, so the question is, what is the plant in terms of whether putting it outside and having it grow yeah. as, a, as an actual outdoor plant, because likely right. it is a hardy plant yes. uh, and is inside now and needs to stay in until we're frost-free. Mm. But, uh, but that's great. No, I think that's very fun. I, I took my Christmas tree down, which is a live Fraser fir, and when I took it outside, I realized there was some new growth on that. It had actually been growing a little bit while it was in the house in water. Yes, so, I am getting new growth as well. Yeah, yeah, which is great. Well, the plants are responding. I'm telling you, days that's are getting longer. Right. That's so super. would I be able to uh, plant it now, or should I just keep it in the water? Um, how much root is there now? How long are the roots? Oh, there's probably about six roots on it. Okay, and are they, like, short, or are they getting... They're probably about, about an inch. Okay. I would be inclined to leave them in the water for now. Uh-huh. Do remember to change the water every now yes, and then, I, yes, I and um, and which is probably why they've they've stayed alive anyway and 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 sent out the roots. Um, and you could plan to pot them up anytime in February. Oh, so I'm just so get, excited! Get, that's great. That's Thank great. you so much, Charlie. <laughs> Thanks for your call. Give us a call back, uh, Vivian. I Give, most definitely will. And let us know how they're coming along. It's my new baby. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> are. Great. Thanks okay. again. Congratulations with that. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Nice Bye-bye. to have a call from the nursery there in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's neat though. I know it's fun. something that you she wasn't expecting at all. I know, and it just goes oh. to show you. It's like you know eating a, a grapefruit and then you know pulling a pit out and kind of tossing it over your shoulder and it lands in the potted plant behind you and all of a sudden a grapefruit grows. It's like what happened there? Have you ever done that? Yeah, of course. Haven't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly 
question. <laughs> no, no, that's true. You don't have any potted plants. No, I don't have any potted. Yeah, well, that's why that wouldn't happen to me. They'd just land on the floor of that. Your poor little kitty cat, he must go crazy at this time of year wondering what's going on. He needs greens. You know what he's doing now? What? He, he's charging out into the hallway. Because he's looking for run. greens. Well, maybe. He's looking for plants. You need a plant for him to chew on. I'm going to have to grow. Uh, some more cat grass. Cat grass. Yeah. I think we might have to get you going on some cat grass. I think oh, you'll find okay. that your that kitty That won't make cat... him toss up. Huh? Oh, not at all. No, they uh, love it. My cat loves cat grass. It's oh, so hilarious. Well, I'm willing to try anything to keep Dickens it. happy. Yeah, yeah I know. You, cats are important, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, hey, it's been fun this morning, uh, as, uh, as every morning, but uh, great calls today. Yeah, yeah. super, super calls. And you are back doing some some more yes, radio this afternoon. I shall return at 1 o'clock. Okie doke. For all sorts of fun and games and frivolity and oh, oh, a lot of great music too. Good stuff. And I will return next week mm-hmm. and I'm going to uh, bring with me, we're going to start getting into a few more interviews, a few more other interesting people besides you and I. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, our callers other. are very interesting and I know they always have good questions, but it's nice to have some other kind of perspectives. So next week we'll have John Brooks and we will see you all then. Um, Next week. Gee, you finished that off beautifully. Thank you, Charlie. My pleasure. (laughs) This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.